0: Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of My Climate Diet, the podcast where I'm shedding the pounds of greenhouse gas emissions. I'm Lisa Pettibone, and today I'm junky yet funky. Today I'm giving you that long promised chat with my husband about how to deal with junk. And that long promised conversation actually went long as well, so I've cut it into two parts. This week you'll hear his general tips for cleaning out a junk-filled house. And next week, we'll talk about one tool specifically that really makes a difference, the yard sale. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Antlai Kluga. Hi, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. The first couple questions I ask all of my guests, I'm actually curious how you answer these because I haven't asked you these before. Um, The first one, how would you rate yourself in terms of climate awareness?
1: Uh, I guess I'm pretty aware of my climate choices, but I'm not too much trying to always make the most climate positive uh, choice in my life. But When it's convenient for me, like, finding uh, secondhand clothes or something like that, um, that's something I do because I like it and I have in the back of my head that it's also good for the climate.
0: Okay, well, then you half answered my second question, which is what are some of the things you're doing that are particularly climate friendly? You just mentioned secondhand clothes, and maybe we should clarify that you mean picking up clothes off the street, not even buying them in a secondhand shop, right?
1: Yes, I don't even... Uh... Promote the local community uh, capitalism. And yeah, just in in my area, there is enough totally fine clothes people put out in bins on the street and free for everyone.
0: Which is one of the great things about living in Berlin and living in our neighborhood is there's so much free stuff that people give away that, uh, that we can use, right? How much of our furniture here did you find on the street?
1: All of mine. (laughs) All, 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 uh, there's one chair um, I bought at Ikea, everything else I found on the street.
0: All right, so that already sounds pretty, pretty climate friendly. What's your biggest climate sin?
1: Going to the United States by plane, I guess.
0: Okay. And that, I guess that's my fault in a way, because I was to visit my family. Not in
1: a way, it's definitely your fault.
0: Uh, have you taken any action since listening to the podcast?
1: Uh, I started making my own deodorant. That was in the time since listening to your podcast, but it wasn't solely because of your podcast.
0: Why? What, what else led to that?
1: Good question. Just gave it a try. It was a topic that was in the room and it gave it a try and... Yeah, I liked it. It's very, very easy to do, and um, I like the product more than the store-bought stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. And this deodorant that you make is the kind that I started making on the podcast, right? Yes. So you liked the stuff that I made for you, huh?
1: Yeah.
0: I'm just trying to get some bonus points after the climate's in.
1: I like the stuff my two-year-old son made, because it's so easy to make... He made a batch.
0: Oh, I didn't know that he made it by himself.
1: Yeah, he uh, put out everything and put it together. He's very good at (sighs) cooking.
0: (laughs) Good that we get him started young. Well, anyway, I asked you on today because you did most of the work in cleaning out your family's house over the summer. This is the big topic that I've been talking about all month is cleaning out junk and... Finding a way, once you've decided you don't need it anymore, to give it a new home, not just throw it in the trash. So, first, can you give us a sense of how big this house is?
1: It's two floors, attic and a basement. And it's about... Two hundred square meters. Um, yeah, and it's packed with stuff since the nineteen sixties.
0: And now that's two hundred square meters each floor. Is two hundred square meters.
1: I guess uh, both living floors are one two hundred square meters, and then there is an additional two hundred with the attic and the basement.
0: Okay, so about. 400 square meters of total area for junk. Yeah. All right. Which is also about 4,000 square feet. What was your goal for your five weeks there?
1: Going through all the stuff, look what is in, in a condition you can resell and what you have to throw away. And it's mostly not the condition, it's mostly uh, stuff nobody wants to have. Um, That's the reason for stuff to be thrown out. But there is also just lots of stuff in there that's in totally fine working condition. And for people who want it, it's a nice find.
0: Could you give me an example?
1: Um, if you need an electric uh, duster, like a feather duster that's uh, powered by batteries, if you want something like that, you can have three of those.
0: <laughs> Wait, this was a dustbuster? This was actually like a feather duster with a battery? Yeah, attached?
1: like a feather buster, with, a feather duster with batteries. So you you um, don't strain your wrist so much when you dust.
0: Okay, I didn't see this one. I just saw the the back cleaners, the back sponges.
1: Yeah, yeah, those two. But uh, no, the feather duster was there too.
0: So, okay, it sounds like you found a lot of crazy stuff in there, and yes, I can attest to that because I saw a lot of it myself.
1: Yeah, if you if you know the inventions by the dad in Gremlins, that's the kind of stuff you find in the house. Okay,
0: but so. You went there or we went there together with the goal that you would spend f- about 5-6 weeks cleaning it out.
1: It wasn't nearly enough time.
0: <clears throat> but how did you actually go about this? You wake up, you had your breakfast, you had your coffee and then what did you do?
1: Uh I- Picked a room I want to clean out, and then I start in one cupboard. And luckily, I'm done with that cupboard until noon.
0: Okay, and then so you're going through this cupboard, and what what do you find, and how do you sort it?
1: Usually, I find um, hydrochloric acid in there because that was everywhere in the house. Uh huh. And yeah, let's say when, when I start in a bathroom and yes, yeah, I find the acid, I find cleaning supplies, I find um, stuff to clean your shoes with and I find body body lotion from the 80s and um, I have a look at it, see if it's still usable, throw it away when it's not and put it in an order that I can that I can work with later when I'm done with sorting through it.
0: And this sounds to me like the most important part, because the way that you're describing it, each room you go into is filled with different types of junk that don't all fit together. So how do you categorize those different types of junk? It sounds like you're first saying go room by room and then within each room, create your categories of junk. How do you do that?
1: Well, one category is to throw it away. One category is I can, if I have cleaning supplies, I can, uh, which I can use to clean up the house later on. So stuff that's useful for me. And then stuff I think might be interesting for a third party then I put it in the two sell bin.
0: And then once it's in the to sell bin, did you further sort?
1: Yes, yes, yes. I my the two cell bin is a two cell womb and in that womb I have bins with clocks, with cleaning supplies, with feather dusters, um, so that yeah I can when I try to sell it later people know when they look at one bin that's all all the same stuff in there
0: okay so what challenges did you face okay. as you were going through this house
1: just the sheer amount of stuff it's uh, there was one woman in the basement i was in there for a week and it was literally filled with tools and junk and it was just so much stuff. I didn't. In the end, I didn't know where to put it anymore. It just, yeah. Even if it's uh if I had lots of space in the house, it was just hard to find the space to put everything because it was so neatly packed in totally cramped uh, drawers and cupboards.
0: Okay, so it sounds like one of your tips for someone who's trying to clean out a house like this is to first find, this is what my father would call a staging area. Yes. So you need to find completely empty one room so that you can put the sorted junk that you've gone through in a way that's easy to find in that room.
1: Yeah, and in an order that it's, that you can still move in there. If you put everything out of the cupboards and into your way it gets really frustrating really quick. When you can't move at all because everything is full with stuff. When I put it in order I have in mind to find somebody who would be interested in a huge amount of this stuff and huge amount of that stuff and this is a big item like a couch or a lawnmower that somebody wants to have and i don't think about the most profit i can get out of it the profit for me is to move the stuff out of the house
0: okay so f- as one example um your father had a collection of james bond toy cars
1: they are collectibles they are not collectibles,
0: collectibles sorry so there, you wouldn't put them individually on eBay, but you're looking for someone who wants to buy the whole collection.
1: Yes. And yeah, those are special items that, that that's still stored away, but yeah, stuff like lawnmowers and uh, power drills and wrenches, stuff like that, that's um, items people want and... They're just heavy and bulky, and those are good to get rid of quickly.
0: Okay. So now, you weren't just coming into some stranger's house. This was the house you grew up in. You lived there for 18 years, right? How did that add to the challenge of getting rid of all of this junk?
1: Mm, Less than I expected. It's nice to find stuff that I know from my childhood and haven't seen in the last 25 years or 30 years and um, nice to see it again and uh, in most cases I took a picture of it and then it went into the bins. It wasn't, I didn't encounter much stuff. I had much of an emotional need to keep.
0: Now, that's a good tip that you just said, that some of the stuff that you thought was particularly cool that you didn't want to keep, you took a picture of it. Yeah. How many things would you say you took pictures
1: of? Oh, maybe 10 to 15% of the items.
0: Wow, that's a lot. Okay, so that makes me very happy that those are in our apartment now only as pictures and not as items. Yeah. yeah, Thank
1: you. Yeah, wouldn't make sense to me to keep this stuff because I didn't care about it in the last 30 years and it doesn't have to collect dust here. Mm-hmm. And there's also lots of stuff that's just uh, very interesting to find, like some hair products from the 80s or early 90s, which has really cool packaging and it is... Totally decomposed by now, but uh, nice, nice find, have a little laugh about, and then throw it away.
0: Okay. So, we were there for five weeks, and the goal was to clean out the house in those five weeks. This did not happen. Um, but how much would you say you accomplished?
1: I would say... Got rid of maybe a third of the stuff, and... I put order into almost everything, maybe 90% of it.
0: Well, that's great. And, I mean, maybe to also clarify a bit, got rid of... But that
1: that was, um, was really lots of work. It was most days, like, 10 hours sorting through stuff every day.
0: Which was a lot.
1: Yeah. So
0: we got rid of about a third of the things in the house. But I think one thing that I noticed is you were talking about the workshop in the basement that took you a week to clean out, that maybe half of that stuff we got rid of. And that was thousands of individual items. Whereas, for example, a bed or a mattress, that's the same amount of volume but only one item. So would you say that maybe the third that we got rid of was the tiniest stuff that was the hardest to sort?
1: Yeah, yeah, lots of, yeah, like a bin full of clocks. Like there were three clocks in every room in the house and just put it all in bins. And then one lady took the bin and sent it to Africa. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just all the little stuff you never need in your life in those amounts. Yeah, And it made, it really uh, helped to make the extra effort to sort stuff you think nobody will ever want. Like in the basement room when I made one bin uh, that was mostly uh, valves. Bulbs? Uh, valves like valves yeah and one bin was mostly um this kind of metal and i could have thrown it all in one bin but then i'd had to put it ultimately into the junk but since i sorted the junk i found people who said oh yeah this kind of junk i can use i take this bin for a dollar you, you need strong nerves to just do this kind of repetitive work over many hours. But in the end, you have one bin less. You don't have to throw away yourself.
0: So it's worth it to sort very meticulously. Because that helps potential buyers or people who might want the junk yeah, and, to pick exactly what they want.
1: Yeah, and... It helps potential buyers and in the end it probably helps you to throw it away when nobody wants it. So you have, you need, in most cases, you need to have order in your junk to throw it away efficiently. It doesn't, if you can put it all into one container, but that's probably, it will probably cost you more because when you go to the junk place and have the stuff, In an orderly fashion to throw away into the um, recycling areas they are supposed to go that um, you you have to pay less than just into the landfill category.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So how much junk would you say you averted from the trash?
1: Oh, that's hard to say. Because... But for from for the real, from the real, trash, trash?
0: Maybe you can differentiate.
1: Yeah, well technically everything in the house is, or 90 percent in the house is trash because it's I don't nobody needs it, and the rest of the family members don't have houses to put the stuff in. In those amounts, and you don't need a bin full of clocks in a three-womb apartment. So, yeah, potentially, since nobody in the family will need the stuff, it's all junk. If you have items you will never use, it's junk, I think. And so, yeah, but from the stuff that You can definitely say that was junk in the first place, and nobody can tell you why it was kept in the house and not thrown away 30 years ago, I'd say maybe uh, three minivans full of stuff.
0: Okay, three minivans full of stuff that you averted from the trash.
1: That could have been in the trash for 20 years.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that's very impressive. What's giving me hope this week? Yesterday I taught a class on sustainability and the whole semester that we've been going so far, they keep telling me that they're really, really interested in making personal change. So yesterday I gave them a couple ideas for challenges that we could do as a class and they decided they all wanted to try to be vegetarian for a week. This made me very happy because I've been vegan for the last two weeks and it was nice to see them really eager to take on such a big challenge. So that gave me a lot of hope. Next week, I'm going to finish my conversation with Andale Klugram, and we're gonna talk specifically about the magic of yard sales. Thanks also to David from Kvents for letting me use his music. And thanks to you too. Since I got back from my summer of house cleaning, I've been humbled by how many people listen to this podcast. This has been a labor of love for me, and I appreciate you giving me a listen. Feel free to drop me a line with your climate tips, things you like or don't, or just a kind word at lisa at myclimatediet.org. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lisa Pettybone. And don't forget to rate My Climate Diet on Apple Podcasts. That makes it easier for others to find me and start their own climate diet. Because if everyone went on a climate diet, it wouldn't be the end of the world!